We pay too much for... Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 315... Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room. Actually surprised that he was made available in the Raiders locker room. But Vinny Bonsignor, sound like Adam Hill, Heidi Fang, all caught up to Darren Waller. You'll hear that at 315 right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Had a very spirited conversation, and that's good. It's okay, right? I mean, there's no there's no hard feelings. It's all good to have differences of opinion, and that's what you're allowed to have here on Raider Nation Radio 920, especially here on Unnecessary Roughness. Demon Cotton behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q. Tom hit us up again on the 69187 uh, keyword. That's a keyword R&R's text line. He said the league is geared towards offensive football, right? Scoring t- 10 points or less in halves is never going to help your depleted defense. That's what he's trying to say. And I agree. I agree with that 100%. And it's so funny if you go back to week two against the Arizona Cardinals where they put up 20 points in the first half and they pitched a shutout and the Raiders offense couldn't do anything in the second half. So I was pretty critical about, hey, at least score a touchdown. At least score even, you know, 10 points and you win that game. But at the same time, the defense couldn't get off the field. The defense couldn't stop Kyler Murray to save their life. They did it in the first half. They didn't do it in the second half. So that's what I'm saying. You know, we're talking, I th- again, I think we're talking about the same thing. The offense has not been consistent all season long. Or not all season, but just all four quarters. The defense hasn't been consistent all four quarters. They'll have spurts, but they won't have games. And I know what he said about the league being more of an offensive league, but scoring is down league-wide this yeah, year. it is. It so. is. It's absolutely down. And again, the good teams are making the key defensive plays when they have to. And the Raiders aren't able to do that. Right? And so I'm wondering, as we started the whole show off talking with Danielle McCartan, is this going to be a problem moving forward even if they upgrade the talent? Or is it just a, a, a issue when it comes to the talent defensively? Let's see. We also got a text. It's hard to blame Graham. This is from the 530. It's hard to blame Graham's for the defense. We got to look at Ziegler. I think his evaluations were off. And, you know, I think Dave Ziegler would be the first one, and I can't answer for him because I'm not talking to him right now. I know JT got a chance to interview him not too long ago, but I think he'd probably tell you, you know what? Brought in Chandler Jones, thought he was going to be a difference maker. And that, that's the one thing that I took away from Danielle's conversation that she had was, you know, there was guys that were getting to the quarterback and it made a, a secondary that wasn't really big-time names better. I feel like that that's what the Raiders wanted to do. Like, that was their plan. Okay, we're going to get Chandler Jones, team him up with Max Crosby. They're going to get pressure on the quarterback all season long, and that's going to make that back end better. And, oh, by the way, we're going to put Nate Hobbs on the outside, and he's going to be a stud. Well, Chandler Jones has been a no-show. Nate Hobbs has been out. He's coming back next week. That's going to be great. It'll be fantastic to see Nate Hobbs out there. Amik Robertson has done everything he can. Sam Webb, I talked about under-the-radar guys, and I know he only really shined last week. I don't know if he's been under the radar, but he's a guy that I want to see more of. That's a guy that I'll be looking for. I'll be looking for 27. Not Trayvon Mullen, but I'll be looking for 27 on Sunday against Denver. He's a guy I want to see if he could develop. If he can, that's fantastic. I'm not saying he's a shutdown corner, but if he's a guy that could play to what Patrick Graham needs defensively, that's great. You know, but at least I could look on the offensive side of things, going back to what Tom was saying, I could look at the offensive side of things and say, okay, these are your playmakers right here, including Darren Waller, who's been out and missed more time than he hasn't. 
right? I mean, he's going to go on, what, by the time he is able to return from IR, it's going to be, what, eight games, basically? It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games that he missed. He's a, he was a guy that the this, this, uh, this staff gave a contract extension to, which means, no, they didn't give him a contract extension to trade him. They gave him a contract extension to have him be a key cog in this Raiders offense. They gave Hunter Renfro a contract extension not to put him on IR, but for him to be a key cog in the Raiders' offense. He hasn't been available either. So those are also reasons why the offense is struggling now. I mean, who's your playmaker? Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. That's who you have. Mac Hollins has been hit or miss. I know he's a fun story. He's a cool guy, quirky guy. We all love quirky guys. We have one in our building, Jared. He's very quirky, but he's a cool guy, right? But he's, a, he's, he's different. He's different than everybody else, which is fine. That's great. We love people like that. That's who Mac Hollins is. He's Jared. I'll pass that compliment along to him. Oh, I'm sure he heard it. Yeah, he'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> which, but it's fine. It's cool. That, there's not a problem with that. He's just a different cat. And that's what we like about Mac Hollins. But as of late, you've seen him be off. He hasn't been where he needs to be. You can see Derek Carr upset with what he's seen from him. So now you don't have that big-time offensive explosion and opportunity that you thought you had, regardless if it's clicking or not. You thought you had a three-headed monster. You don't. You have Josh Jacobs, who's been running like a bat out of hell. He's been running just strong and downhill. Problem is, if they get down 14 points, 17 points, what do they do, DeMond? What, they got to start throwing the ball? Boom, bingo. Then they're taking the ball out of Josh Jacobs' hands. I mean, with what Josh Jacobs has done, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I'd love to give him a two-year extension. If I was the guy, if I was the guy who had any say in the building, I don't. But if I did, I'd give him a two-year extension right now. Just because he's running, he is running strong. He's being a leader. And you know what? Maybe next year he wouldn't be that guy. But once again, I'd fall for the banana in the tailpipe because I think that he's a guy that they need to continue to build around. I like Zeus. I like, you know, Zamir White. But we haven't seen much from him because Josh Jacobs won't let him get on the field. And when he is on the field, he doesn't do much. So right now, my belief is their best part that they have and player that they have for the running back position is Josh Jacobs. Don't let that guy get out the building. Then you're really in trouble. I mean, that's, but that's just me. They, they can have their own plan. That's just my personal feeling. Something that I wanted to bring up because you mentioned falling for the banana in the tailpipe when you talked about Chandler Jones earlier and Dave Ziegler just being wrong in his evaluation. Of the eight players that have 100 sacks that are active right now, Von Miller, Cameron Jordan, Justin Houston, Chandler Jones, J.J. Rott, Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn and Carlos Dunlap, Chandler Jones is performing the worst out of those eight with out of eight all of them. But what I'm saying is, the other seven guys they are still being very productive. Yep. So sometimes you just miss. Just but miss. It's, you just you just happen to get the guy who falls off first. But everyone that I just named that still are active, that are still hey a hundred career sacks, and they're still going strong. Dave Ziegler, you look at this data. What I'm showing you is that they're not just guys. You didn't expect he just didn't him. pull out his name out of his backside. Yeah, exactly. You right. just didn't expect him to be the person that falls off the cliff or just going right. to be the no-show this season. No, no. And, and, and he had familiarity with the scheme. And he had familiarity with the, the, the coaches. So you thought, okay, you go get this guy who's going to be a key cog. He's going to really help Max Crosby along and, and even get better. And you see Max has done that. He's held up his end of the bargain. Just Chandler hasn't. So, I mean, there was a rhyme and reason to why they went and got him. The problem is he hasn't done his job. We could all, you know, hire someone to do their job, and all we can do is hope for the best. When Natalie hired me here, she was like, yeah, I've heard great things about him. I hope he does his job. 
Good thing is I have. <laughs> but how many times do you hire someone and they don't? I've hired people and I'm like, man, uh, that was terrible. I've hired like three people. No, it's like six people since I've been here. And three of them stunk. And three of them are no longer here. Just three. <laughs> the other three are still here. <laughs> you ain't ready for that. That's on you. Some of your coworkers about to be angry at you. Let's go out to the phone lines after that one. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Jared right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Jared? Hey, what's going on, Q? Man, I love the passion you're bringing today. I mean, you always bring the passion, but, you know, getting on Tom for trying to start some argument that ain't there. You know what? I, I love it. And that's what the Raiders need on the sideline from a defensive coach they're not getting. You know what? You brought up the whole Arizona game, and that was one of the glaring examples that Patrick Graham, for me, committed the ultimate sin for a player-coach relationship is don't drop back your best player into a pass-coverage linebacker when he's a rush in. Max Crosby gets after the passer. He gets pressures. He's, he's that relentless dog. But how many times does Patrick Graham drop him back and that's what worries me about Patrick Graham is that he doesn't seem to put the guys in the the best position to be successful that's an ultimate sin for any coach any manager any educator you put them in the position to be successful if you want them to fail then go ahead and put them in a position that you know that they can't succeed in seems like we do that a lot so I like you had high hopes for Patrick Graham and I just am getting more diminished by the day because I just don't see it. Like, yeah, okay, you want to blame the players. I get it. But you know what? These guys are in the NFL. They made it. They made it to the highest level. So they got some sort of pride. They got some sort of ability. Men, at least put them in positions to fail. And we put them in positions they are going to absolutely fail. Ten yards off the ball, seven yards off the ball, wide receivers running wide open, nobody in the middle of the field, and it gets old. And as far as who's flying under the radar, uh, that's, a, that's such a difficult one. I like what Sam Webb did last week. like to see a lot more, like you said. Yeah. A.J. Cole has been doing really good. But, man, who wants to see the punter killing it? <laughs> I don't want to see the punter killing it. I want to see the defense killing it. There Let's you go. go. There you go. Great call, man. I appreciate the passion. And, you know, it's funny you said A.J. Cole. I thought of that, too. I thought of A.J., too, because he's doing a really good job, and he did, especially last week, pinning uh, the Colts back deep in their own territory. As soon as I thought that, all of a sudden I started thinking of, we're not back in the time when the punter and the 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 the, the extra point kicker, the place kicker, are the best two players on the team, are we? Right? I mean, that's that's all of a sudden in my mind. I was like, no, can't go back to that time. And look, there was nothing wrong with Shane Leckler and, and Sebastian Janikowski. Don't get me wrong; they were fun, they were great. But those aren't you don't want those guys to be your best players on the team. And so when I was talking about guys flying under the radar, AJ Cole did come to mind, and I thought if I say AJ Cole. Then we're going to think of Daniel Carlson and what he's been doing as a place kicker, and he's been fantastic. Money or Cash Carlson is what we call him, right? He's fantastic. He now holds that active uh, streak, too, with uh, field goals consecutive. You're not supposed to talk about streaks. Hey, man, I just wanted to. You said, <laughs> last time you said if I bring it up, I'm going to jinx him. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean, I'm, he's got the record that's now. What I'm, that's what so, I'm concerned I mean, about. I don't want – because the, the, the minute that he – does that, <laughs> doesn't connect, they're going to be like, man, I remember DeMond talking about him on Unnecessary Roughness. And, and then all of a sudden your Twitter account is going to be blowing up. It's going to be all people saying, see, I'll redirect those messages right to Daniel Carlson. <laughs> be like, man, you let everybody down. <laughs> Slow jam, James. You're up next, brother. What's on your mind? My man, how you doing? Good hey, sir. man, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Welcome to the Slow Jam Hour. How are you doing today? I, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, just to get this out of the way real quick, I know it's not going to be a popular choice. I know he's not being talked about as a Pro Bowl by any stretch, but my under-the-radar guy, um, and this is strictly because I've been so hard on the offensive line all last season, I'm going to have to give some credit to Jermaine Illuminor. I mean, no, he hasn't been spectacular, hasn't been a superstar, but he's been solid. And that's pretty much all I've ever asked for the offensive line to be, is to be solid. And and he's he's done that so far. So I'm going to give him a little love. I'm going to give the offensive line a little bit of little love. Okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going we gonna to let you explain yourself. Like I said, I'm I'm not here for beef, but he's had a lot of penalties, James. Yes, he has. He has. He's, he's had six penalties. He's, he's top ten in that category. But he's only given up a couple sacks all season. And he's been a constant on that right side of the line. So, again, I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler. But he's been solid so far. And I'm, I'm sure the penalties will come down a little bit. Um, I know that's a concern. But as far as, like, the pressures and the sacks, the big thing that we've talked about, giving Derek Carr time. He's held up his side of the bargain for the most part. So, now we're talking under the radar. That's my pick for under the okay. radar. Just going to throw a little bit of love. I respect, love. I respect that. I respect that. He's a good quote. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> He's been a great I, quote. I, I, when I'm on trial, I yeah. want you on my side. <laughs> He's got, no, that's, that's it. Jermaine Illuminor has got a lot of warrants out, but he's only been to jail a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I really wanted to call for um, was, was the interview. I, I love the interview. I thought she was great. I thought she was very pointed and opinionated when it came to Daniel Graham. But in reality, she's not lying with a lot of things that she said. The only thing that I disagreed with was the comment about it doesn't matter if his defense, you know, creates four, three or four turnovers a game. That does matter. And that changes games. So if we could get that pass rush and that disruptive, uh, that disruptive front seven, I think that that would help this defense as far as getting off the field, as far as getting Derek Carr more opportunities and giving that offense more time to do what they need to do, which is run the football, get in the red zone, and score some points. And, yes, I will be buying my Jermaine Illuminor jersey <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. All right. All right, I'm going to hold you to Hey, great call, man. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. And you know what? Uh, even though I might not agree, that's okay, right? I mean, I like the fact that James went and, and thought outside the box. And I did think about the offensive line as well, and I kind of thought about Andre James. I kind of feel like Andre James has done a, a under-the-radar good job, right? I mean, I know he missed a couple games because he had the concussion. I think Andre James has done okay, right? I mean, there's there's guys on the offensive line that have had moments that they've been pretty good, right? I'm still very intrigued by Dylan Parham. I think he's going to continue to get better. I would like to, and I know we had a call or a text yesterday about it. I'd love to see Thayer Munford, and this is not a shot at Jermaine Illuminar at all, but I'd like to see Thayer Munford moving forward, just see what he could do throughout the whole game consistently, right? I mean, just give him an opportunity. See what you got in him. I know he's a seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, and you normally don't see a seventh-round pick just slide in and all of a sudden as a starter his rookie year. But if you believe in him sometimes, why don't you give him a chance to you know, see what he can do moving forward? I don't have no problem with that. Let's take one more call, and then we'll get to Darren Waller. Maui Raider, Aaron, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man. Just wanted to call in about, uh, you just, again, you always steal my, my thunder cue. I was going to say Andre James, man. I'm <laughs> talking about him a lot. 
but he has not been screwing up as much as uh, earlier in the season. Um, and like your guy Tom, man, I hate giving him too much uh, spotlight, but like, what is this guy like Stephen Hawkins sitting in his, in his room and never can call in and have a conversation with you, but hide behind the text messages and super aggressive and rude. Call in, have a debate, talk through it, and not just sit there and send them silly mean texts, man. Third thing about the Giants' defense and our, our defense this year, we don't have anywhere near the talent the Giants have. Let's just be clear about that. And Tom's right on that aspect of it, that we have not spent a lot of money on defense, middle linebacker. Yeah. It's been a long time. So no one's hiding behind that. But to throw Devontae Adams' name in there about underperformance, number one, is a joke. And another thing is, last year, the last four games that we won out, Carr did not have great numbers at all. What was it that stood out about those last four games? Josh Jacobs, man. He ran like a crazy man. And no one complained about Carr's numbers when we're winning. And they're the highlight of when we're not. And anyone talking about a 32nd ranked pass defense and 29th ranked points defense, giving up points. I mean, the buck stops there. I don't care what anyone says. We can have a middle of the range offense, but if our defense is that atrocious, whether it's from draft picks or not getting guys in here or not, that's our issue. And it's just glaring. So let's lay off the offense as a whole. They've underperformed, but come on, man. Our defense is horrific and has been for the last, 15, 20 years. That's all I got, man. Hey, good stuff, man. Good stuff. It's always great to hear from you. I definitely appreciate you. A lot of great uh, great points that you bring to the table, man. Good feedback on the text line and the phone line as well. Again, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, you'll hear from Darren Waller. He's on IR right now, but Vinny, Heidi, Adam Hill, all caught up to him in the Raiders locker room following practice. You'll hear that conversation next. And then Zach Stevens from thednvr.com will turn our attention to the Broncos. Broncos, the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. We'll do it all coming up here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just saw this tweet from uh, NFL on CBS. Highest percentage of team sack total over the last 40 years. 2022, Max Crosby, 70%, 7 out of 10. 1989, Tim Harris, 57.4%. He had 19 and a half of the 34 sacks that his team had. And then J.J. Watt back in 2014, 53.9%, 20 and a half out of 38. So uh, there you go. NFL and CBS, Max Crosby, seven out of the 10 sacks that the Raiders have so far in 2022, which clearly is not enough. Even if he doubles that up, he'll have 14 sacks and the Raiders will probably have 18. I mean, they just, they're just not getting it done. That's one of the main reasons. So Max Crosby, salute to him. He's going to continue to work on his his craft and grind and get better and better. But at some point, someone's going to have to help him out. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up in a few minutes, Zach Stevens, thednvr.com, will join the show to talk all things Denver Broncos as they are the Week 11 opponent for the Silver and Black. And they look a little bit different than they did back in Week 4. But right now, I want to take you inside the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Adam Hill all had a chance to catch up with Darren Waller. Raiders tied in. This is that conversation. You know, people are talking tied to their own opinions and stuff that's put out there like that. You know, I just get in the business and not taking things personal, whether it's good news, bad news, you know. 
how hard is it? Like, I mean, for me, it would be impossible to not take things personal. I mean, is that like a process that you have to learn? It's, uh, it's naturally as a human being a little bit discouraging that you can be painted that way when you know that's not uh, who you are. But at the end of the day, you know, that's, uh, that's why I don't really pay attention to like that. I got, I, somebody, somebody said it to me, that's the only reason I saw I usually don't see anything. <laughs> right. Do you think it's the byproduct of the team's not doing well and you know if you were doing well it would be easier to just say hey yeah I mean I get it man like when it comes down to the season not meeting expectations uh, dude has probably signed a new shiny new contract and big expectations for him you know I'll, if people can throw me under the bus blame me uh, you know um, that, that is what it is that's how it's going to be so I know how, I know how it goes right. I'm tough enough to handle it how are you feeling getting uh, better yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like this, uh, this time period of me uh, being on IR allows me to fully heal. Because it's like, go out back out there with that pressure and, you know, continue to have uh, setbacks because, uh, you know, you're just like straining so hard to get back. So I feel like this uh, timing is, you know, it's frustrating when you look at it, but you believe beneath the surfaces is honestly a blessing to allow me to be healthy and then finish strong. I mean, obviously there was, you know, a story that you said got sent to you. Has anybody talked to you personally? Has anybody brought anything up to you? Uh, like in the locker room? Nobody's like said anything to you? Uh, nah, yeah. Nah, me and, me and Derek uh, talked about it yesterday. It was just like, you know, like we, we know each other. We know how we've been showing up. We've been teammates for four years now. So uh, those kind of things don't uh, affect our relationship. We just know that that's the way things go sometimes. And, you know, we just, like I said, we just try to take things personally. Is it, is it fuel to the fire, or is it? Are you so ignoring it that it's not even? You don't even want to accept it to the point of like using it as fuel to the fire. Uh, yeah, I don't really use things like that as fuel, just because you know, at the end of the day, the fuel has got to come from inside of me. And the fire's got to be inside of me. So, but yeah, things like that. I just kind of just take a man and it's like, man, I wish it was. I wish it wouldn't be painted that way. But at the end of the day, you know, you just let it pass. And keep going. How about? I mean, it's hard to ignore. I, you talk about ignoring it. I, I can't ignore it when I write stories and people say things right. like, how do you ignore like social media and fan, just fans in general? Like, you don't want to ignore ignore, but like, just right. block it out the uh, negative. People. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I don't even allow it to have access to me. Somebody else runs my Instagram. I don't think, right. I don't think a lot of people know that, but I'm not on my Instagram. Right. So I, I literally have no access to that noise. I don't have the ESPN out of my phone. I don't have notifications set up. So I'm, I'm, I'm like that. Like, I, is that on purpose? Yeah, it's definitely to because. Uh, because me, that's just I just know how my brain works. I know I'm somebody that's going to compare myself to other people. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, worry and get into fear and be like, oh man, like, am I, am I, am I not good enough? You know, I, I know how my brain works. I set things up for me to uh, stay as even cool as possible. I'm kind of taking it as advice because I'm the I'm the same. <laughs> hey, bro, we can bro. That's just how it is. But when did you start? When did you start having somebody else do that? Has that always been your thing? Um, that hasn't always been a thing. I've always struggled. I always struggle with it because I'd be on Instagram. I'm like, man, I don't even want to be on here. But I feel like I'm just on here to impress people. Um, so then I had some people from uh, my marketing company do that after uh, I, read this, I read a book. Uh, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If anybody wants to check it out, it's a book by a Christian pastor. Talked about all those things and just, um, you know, it, it really worked for me. Just taking, getting notifications off my phone, getting apps off my phone. It's just like, just more present, just more in the moment. I know you're a guy like that likes routine, introspection, things like that. Like, how has that kind of helped you through this phase, like keeping to those routines and things? Yeah, um, I'm a person that, you know, results are important, and it's a very performance-driven league, but at the same time, uh, I'm a process-driven person. It's like just because... 
things may not look great. Thing, uh, I may not be in a place where I want to be health wise. Doesn't mean there's not things for me to learn. Doesn't mean I'm not maturing. Doesn't mean I'm not growing uh, mentally, physically, spiritually in the process. So it just makes me a stronger player, a better teammate, just more, more humble, just more mature player. Uh, when I step back out there, I just know like any set of circumstances that come, you know, it gets bad sometimes, it's great sometimes, you know. I've already ridden a lot of waves in my career, so I just know that it's just about trying to stay in the middle as much as possible. Pretty intriguing stuff right there from uh, Raiders tight end Darren Waller. It's probably more of the, one of the, I don't know, the the times that he gave the more detailed answers, right? I mean, I, I don't think I've heard Darren Waller give detailed answers like that, uh, like he just did right there, unless he's talking about maybe his foundation or something like that. I mean, that's really... And I'm sure he's heard the outside noise. I'm sure he saw the, you know, the article that that Vinny wrote. Even though I find it, I, I find it pretty cool, and I really respect him for saying he doesn't have the ESPN app. He has someone else on his Instagram. He has, I mean, look, because I know, and you, Demond, you see it. You're my witness. <laughs> I've gone down some Twitter like rabbit holes that you just can't come back from. You just can't. No matter what, no matter how nice you try to be, and believe me, I try to be super nice. I don't ever want to write anything rude or disrespectful that someone could take the wrong way and be like, well, Q said, no, nah, Q didn't say that at all. If anything, I, you know, someone will cuss me out. And believe me, they cuss me out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Passionate Raider. And I'll say thank you. I hope you're blessed. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my response because I just, I can't do it. Shout out to my nemesis, Adam Hill, for asking the right questions, though. He did. Adam Hill did a good job. And, and so did Vinny and, and Heidi as well. I mean, I thought that was some really good stuff. I was, what, about three and a half minutes? Darren Waller in the locker room? Four and, that, and a half. Four and a half minutes. There you go. Again, that's, uh, that's kind of rare for Darren. But uh, you heard what he had to say. And I'm interested in that book. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I hadn't heard of that book, but now I have, so I'm at least at the end of the day, at least look into it and check it out and see what it's all about. But uh, he started eliminating things when it came to uh, when it came to that uh, that book after he read that book. You want to take a quick break or do you want to call Zach real quick? Let's take a quick break. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Zach Stevens, the DNVR.com. He'll join the show, talk all things Broncos. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. My man Quick hit us up on Twitter. This team sounds so disconnected. You've got guys crying. you got players on IR talking about reading books. We don't have underrated players. We have underperforming players. That's my guy Quick. Hit us up on Twitter. You can always hit us up at your boy Q254 at Demond underscore the boss at r 920 AM. Right now, talking about players, they're headed to Denver. Week 11 action. Second time this season, the Raiders will be taking on the Denver Broncos. And joining us now on the phone lines to talk all things about this Week 11 game is our good friend Zach Stevens from the DNVR.com. And Zach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you as always, my man. And man, I'll tell you, Going into the season, we thought the AFC West was going to be the best division in football. The Raiders, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers were all going to be competing at the top of the division. Well, the Chiefs have done their job. The Chargers somewhat have done their job. And the Raiders and Broncos, who square up this uh, this weekend, have definitely underperformed. How disappointed has it been in Denver, from your point of view, for the underperforming Denver Broncos? Oh, man, it is unbelievably disappointing, Q. I mean, you could probably use the exact same words to describe the Raiders season as you could the Broncos. It has been just as disappointing, especially, I mean, at least in the past, the Raiders have had Derek Carr. They've had some reason for optimism, and they haven't lived up to that. But the Broncos truly deep down in their hearts haven't had much reason for optimism in the past. I mean, when you're talking Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, 
Broncos fans knew deep down they weren't competing for much these past couple years. But then you get Russell Wilson and everything changes. The expectations are real and they go through the roof and then you go three and six. It's so disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And believe me, I know and I hear from fans every single day how upset they are. So what is the fan base's overall, uh, you know, approach to this? Not even approach, just reaction to this season. I remember that Thursday night game against the Colts and and Broncos and it went to overtime and and fans started leaving, you know, the home stadium right there. So how are the the fans been reacting so far this season that's happened multiple times this year where there's been a close game into the fourth quarter and fans have left it it is something that i never thought i would see uh and and just as raiders fans would say about themselves broncos fans really are good fans they are diehard this is the number one team in town and it's not even close even these past couple years when the avs have won a stanley cup the nuggets have been playoff team year in and year out uh and and the rockies well they're the rockies but the, the Broncos haven't been good, and they are still the number one team in town. This this city bleeds orange and blue, and they have been so disappointed, and they haven't been afraid to show it. Like you said, people leaving before the games are even done. And this is a team, while yes, they are three and six, five of their six losses have been by one score or less. The, the only team to, to beat the Broncos by more than one score was the Raiders uh, <laughs> back when they played in week four uh, in the fourth quarter uh, of every game the Broncos have had over a 50% win chance in every single game so it's not like they're getting blown out right. but fans are just sick and tired of the end result. Zach Stevens is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. That's an interesting point because the Raiders are 0-6 in one score games and now the Broncos you're telling me that they're struggling in one score games. What do you how do you put your finger on that like what do you feel is the biggest issue and reason why they can't get it done when they're close games like that you know they're just not playing complimentary football in any way on offense obviously their offense is in shambles but the one game that the offense really shows up was against the Raiders they put up a a team high 23 points and that was the one game where the defense allowed more than 20 points the the Broncos defense has come up big for the most part but they still struggle at times in those fourth quarter clutch situations and when they step up well then it's the offense that just continually lets this team down Russell Wilson has the third most game winning drives in the NFL this year which is kind of hard to believe considering they only have three wins all three of those were considered fourth quarter game winning drives mm. but he's also just hurt the team and and Russ is a guy uh who, who you trust in the fourth quarter that was his thing in Seattle right just yep. do nothing for three quarters and then just explode in the fourth quarter he's he's done that here but you can't rely on that every single game because even a guy that's good at that he's going to have a couple of, of times where he blows it and that's what's happened and the Broncos margin of error specifically on offense is is just zero right now Zach why does it feel like and I know you you would know this better than I would, but why does it feel like Nathaniel Hackett has just about abandoned the run game? Oh, man. The, the Broncos, when they hired Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos' offense was supposed to be uh, outside zone. That's what we kept hearing mm-hmm. all through the offseason, all through training camp. And then we just haven't seen it. I mean, it is so, so not just abandoning the run game, but abandoning their identity, which is about the worst thing you can do as an offense. You just not have an identity. Uh, and, and they've, they've done that. I mean, last week, Nathaniel Hackett at halftime, uh, it, t- talked to a reporter and said, we need to run the ball. They come out of halftime. 
and run and pass the ball six straight times. Uh, th- there's just no rhythm to this offense. Uh, and w- when the run game's working, it seems like they pass the ball. When the pass game's working, it seems like they run the ball. There, there's no identity to this offense right now. And 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 it starts with Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson just not being on the same page yet. And I understand that that takes time. But we're over halfway through a season now. That that that's got to start being start clicking. Believe me, preach it to the choir, my man. We know all about <laughs> here in Las Vegas. We know all about not being on the same page, and it seems like that's what's going on with uh, the Raiders' offense and head coach Josh McDaniels as well. So uh, it's crazy that both teams, both organizations, seem like they're having similar issues. Again, Zach Stevens is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Now, the one thing the Broncos do have going for them, as you mentioned, the defense. They've been carrying the team really all season long you know what they're gonna they're gonna provide and the one time that they didn't was against the Raiders but uh why has the 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 Broncos or how has the Broncos defense been so effective for the majority of the season oh man their pass defense it starts with the pass defense and with that it starts with Pat Sertan you guys got to see Pat Sertan go up against Devontae Adams really contain Devontae Adams I know Devontae still had catches still had yards but for the most part Devontae was contained there since then Pat Sertan has been even better the past four games Pat Sertan has allowed four catches in the past four games, four catches for 18 total yards. So when you have a guy like that, you can just put him on the best player and say, okay, let's use our other 10 guys to slow down the rest uh, of an offense. And so it starts there. The rest of the secondary has been pretty darn good. Uh, and And the Broncos pass rush, despite battling multiple injuries, has been very stout. The run defense has been very hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, you guys know about it. Josh Jacobs ran all over the Broncos, and that was kind of the first time that this Broncos run defense was truly exposed like that. But then one of the things that uh, the the defensive coordinator Evero did last week when the Broncos played Derrick Henry was the Broncos run a 3-4 defense, uh, and they they still ran a 3-4 against the Titans, but what they did was they took a defensive lineman, Draymond Jones, and stood him up as an outside linebacker and then replaced him with another defensive lineman. So they effectively had four defensive linemen and another outside linebacker on the field and that they were able to hold Derrick Henry to 53 rushing yards that's his second fewest rushing total in the past three seasons and you know what with the way Josh Jacobs had looked uh, in week four when the Broncos played him, and honestly, the way Josh Jacobs has dominated the Broncos, he's 5-0 right. and against the Broncos in his career. I, I, if I'm the Broncos' defensive coordinator, I, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm saying, okay, we're going to play a very, very heavy front, and if Devontae Adams beats Pat Sertan so much where that that wins us wins the Raiders the game, well then, good, good for you guys. Good for Derek Carr, because uh, I, I can't let Josh Jacobs beat the Broncos again. No, that sounds like a really good recipe you know just kind of tip the cap you know and again and I'm glad you brought up Josh Jacobs and his dominance that he's had against the Broncos why is it I asked Josh Jacobs after the game in week four I said why do you always have really good games against the Broncos he said well it's just you know a rivalry game but from your point of view what you know what what are you seeing that makes Josh Jacobs so dominant against the Broncos you know, it's it's wild. It's just Josh Jacobs. Uh, I, I'm a big Alabama fan, so I was a fan of him coming out of mm-hmm. college. Uh, but but it just seemed like he, he's a good running back. But when he plays the Broncos, I mean, it, it, it is like that. It is like he just gets this new life playing them. And maybe it's the way the Broncos approach Derek Carr uh, and wanting to take away the, the, the quick passing game and really focus on all the weapons that the Raiders have. I mean, especially of these last few years, just really Darren Waller coming out, Hunter Renfro, and obviously now 
now Devontae Adams and focusing too much on the pass game. But clearly now that can't be the Broncos' focus. It has to be Josh Jacobs, especially with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro out. Now the Broncos don't really have to, to truly worry about anyone else outside of Devontae Adams. And like I said, the Broncos are and should be comfortable enough saying, Pat, Devontae's yours. Right. No doubt about it. Again, Zach Stevens is our guest. He's from the DNVR.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. As uh, dominant as Josh Jacobs has been, really the Raiders have been dominant as well. They've won five straight over, over Denver. I know that the season hasn't gone the way the Broncos want it to, but how much would the fan base and even the team in general be happy to snap this streak come Sunday? Oh, my gosh. There's too many bad streaks going on for the Broncos <laughs> in the AFC West right now. They've lost 13 straight against the Chiefs, five straight against the Raiders. Wow. Uh, it, it, they're in a really, really bad spot in the AFC West. And again, this was supposed to be the year where that all changed. Uh, but the Broncos have to have this game this week. And when I say the Broncos, I mean Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, but specifically Nathaniel Hackett has to have this game. His seat is getting hotter by the week at 3-6 and six with the offense struggling, his offense that he's calling the plays on and guiding. Uh, it's struggling. In the past three home games, the Broncos have averaged 9.3 points per game. If they do something like that and get blown out by the Raiders, Nathaniel Hackett's not going to last much longer here in town. And I'm a big Nathaniel Hackett fan as a person. I want him to, to, to last in Denver. But that's just something where we're going to see potentially 10,000, 15,000 no-shows to kick off Thanksgiving week. If that happens and fans are leaving early and it's a bad product, oh boy, it's going to be really bad for the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. You know, it's interesting because a lot of fans here in Vegas want Josh McDaniels gone. I mean, they just they want him done with the 2-7 and seven start for the Raiders, but to hear that Nathaniel Hackett could, it sounds like potentially be a one-and-done type guy, how dangerous is that, though, if they were to move on from him after one year to consistently just have new coach after new coach come in there, and it's almost like hitting the reset button every time. Oh, it, it's so bad. I mean, how, how are you supposed to, to get an identity? How, how is mm -hmm. the general manager supposed to draft for an offensive scheme if you're consistently changing things? But then on the other hand, if you know something's not going to work, why would you stick with it? So, I mean, it's it, yeah. you're caught between a rock and a hard place there. Uh, but Nathaniel Hackett being one and done is very much a realistic possibility. And like I said, I, that that's so unfortunate because I like Nathaniel as a person. But on top of that, it's really bad for an organization, but the the what what it boils down to with this offense is you have two key pieces: Nathaniel Hackett, the play caller, and Russell Wilson, the quarterback. The Broncos gave Russell Wilson a two hundred and forty-five million dollar extension that guarantees he's here for the next three seasons, really without a doubt. The Broncos don't have any option to move on from him. Nathaniel Hackett, on the other hand, all the Broncos, with the richest owner in the NFL, has to do is cut a check and say goodbye. So the, 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 there's two things that can fix that, that they can do to try to fix the offense, but really there's only one thing, and that's moving on from Nathaniel Hackett, uh, even if it, even if the problems are more on Russell Wilson. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Obviously, it's evaluation season for both teams, but it's just it's going to be interesting. Of course, there's no love lost between the Broncos and the Raiders. So for the Broncos to win this game, Zach, what has to happen for them to come away with a W on Sunday? Oh, but if they score 20 points, they're going to win the game. And, and I feel <laughs> confident in saying that. And it's, it's so sad just how the scoring 20 points is this huge bar for the Broncos. But if they get there, 
they'll win the game because I do think that this Broncos defense is playing better than they were against the Raiders back in week four. I think the Broncos defense will do enough where if the offense scores 20 points, they'll win the game. But I, I mean, I'd have to go out on a limb to say the Broncos are going to score 20 points. And, and then on defense, it really just comes down to, to containing Josh Jacobs. If they hold him to a hundred yards on the ground, <laughs> Uh, then, then they've done a good job because I think outside of Devontae Adams, uh, the Broncos would do pretty well against, uh, or I should say, we, even with Devontae Adams, the Broncos would do pretty well against Derek Carr. I'm, I'm assuming, Zach, there's not going to be a welcome home party for uh, Josh McDaniels by the, the Denver <laughs> fan base. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. Josh, the, the Broncos can thank Josh McDaniels for being the coach of the Raiders right now because I think people will show up for the game just to boo Josh McDaniels. I'm I'm even at two and seven and three and six, the Broncos Raiders, when they play, there's always some storylines yep. specifically this week with Josh coming home. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, it should be interesting, my man. Great breakdown again, Zach Stevens, the DNVR.com. You can find his work. What do you got coming out for the, uh, coming out that uh, Raider fans should be on the lookout for? Oh man. So, so something that the Raiders fans should, should keep an eye out on, uh, uh, on my Twitter today at Zach Stevens DNVR, like you said, is the Broncos are really, really getting hit by the injury bug again. They have the most players on IR, the most cap space on IR, and their offensive line is potentially in shambles. They, they're going to be potentially on a third-string right tackle, a third-string center, a backup left tackle. And so just develop, seeing how those injuries develop throughout the week. And, you know, Max Crosby, speaking of guys that have the Broncos number and just feast when they play them, that is a guy who feasts on them. Maybe Chandler Jones can get going for you guys this <laughs> year uh, with, with, with playing all these backups across the offensive line. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe a sign of hope for Raider Nation. Who knows? But, Zach, fantastic stuff as always, man. I appreciate you taking some time this afternoon, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it shakes out on Sunday, and enjoy the game. I appreciate you. Hey, you too. Thanks so much. Always love the conversation. Zach Stevens, the DNVR.com, talking all things Denver Broncos. Another little bit of an update on all things Denver Broncos as they are the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. We'll get one more update coming up tomorrow as we head into the weekend. And then, of course, the game will be played on Sunday. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We do have Lincoln Kennedy coming up, Raiders Radio Network. He'll t- join us at the top of the show, have a couple quick texts to get to, and then we'll take a quick break. Sir Whiskey Ray, Q&D. I applaud Waller for blocking out social media, Instagram, and not giving in to the negativity. As we know, people like to troll. The last thing Waller needs is toxic, uh, toxic, toxicity. Toxicity. There you go. That's a yeah, hard word. <laughs> I got you. Oh man, good times, Q. Wishing him well and speedy recovery. We need him on the field for us. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Don't be don't be switching things up on me, Whiskey Ray. Come on, man. Let's keep it basic. My man, Tom, one more time. We've been having a good conversation with Tom. If you're drafting and spending money at five times the rate for the offense, I guess silly to me to expect him to carry the team and not be average with sports of uh, with spurts of good. You know what helps deplete a defense? Scoring points. Not going three, three and out three times to start a game. Tom, absolutely right. Agree, 100%. Again, we're on the same page, dog. Again, we've been going back and forth all show. We're on the same page. And that's why I think that yeah, instead of just relying heavily on the offense to do all the heavy lifting, how about you show some of that love to the defense and, I don't know, here's a thought, build it up. Make the defense better. Make them carry weight. How about be complimentary? What's wrong with that? I mean, really, what's wrong with that? Like, as much as we've been going back and forth, 
Football is three elements to the game. You have offense, you have defense, and you have special teams. And you know why special teams is important? Look at the Chargers. Look how many times the Chargers have lost games because their, char- their, their special teams were not worth a damn. I'm just saying. So, yes, you're right. The offense should do the heavy lifting. We all thought, including Lincoln Kennedy, who's going to join the show next, thought the offense was going to do the heavy lifting. The defense hasn't done any of the lifting, and they've got to do that. But, Tom, as always, we appreciate you. 3.55 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.